Welcome to Earl Stewart on Cars with Earl and Nancy Stewart. Reach them with your questions at 877-960-9960. Here's Earl and Nancy. Good morning, everybody. It's a long week, it seems like. We uh, love this show so much, we uh, look forward to it. And the name of the show is Earl Stewart on Cars. We're on the True Oldie Station. I say this almost every week now because a lot of you folks are listening to music on this station. It's great music, by the way. It's my kind of music, 60s and 70s, but we're not going to sing to you today. We're going to talk to you about cars. Uh, Earl Stewart on Cars is all about how to buy, lease, maintain, or repair your car without being ripped off by your car dealer. And uh, I'm not here alone in the studio, by the way. I'm with a group of experts. I think it's fair to say that we're all kind of like experts. We've been doing this uh, cumulatively probably for a couple hundred years. I'm a half a century guy myself, and uh, we uh, are competent to answer all your questions. We ask you to call us. You'll probably hear this number so many times if you're going to listen for a while that you're going to get tired of it. But the folks who just tune in, we got to do it for them. It's 877-960-9960. Uh, the call-in number, 877 877- 960-9960. I ask you to write that number down if you're not driving, of course, because you might not have a question now, but you will have a question. Hey, we really got a quick question here. We got uh, Tina from Bonita Springs. She is one of our very best callers, and Nancy loves her because she's female, and we don't get enough female call- callers. So thank you for calling in, Tina. What's going on? Well, I wanted to... Hi, how are you guys doing this morning? Has the coffee kicked in? It sounds like it has. Slowly but surely. Oh, okay. You need another cup, huh? I'm working on it. Okay. Well, um, I was going to talk about this last week, which I didn't have a chance to, but, you know, uh, stopping at one of those auto parts places that's kind of like... What do you call it? Like one of those chain auto parts places where you can pick up oil or pick up little things for your vehicle. Oh, yeah, or, huge or business, yeah. Whatever. Sure. Yeah, yeah, and I can't, I can't think of the name right now. Auto Advance is one of them. Advantage Auto and Parts. And I can't remember. Yes, That's what, yes. Yeah. See, my, brain, my, my brain's not working this morning. <laughs> but anyway, the subject I wanted to cover was snake oil. Because if you go to one of those places, you will find all kinds of stuff that claims to do everything from starting your car automatically to making sure the exhaust <laughs> is emissions-free. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And people get sucked into that, especially shade tree mechanics. They sometimes get sucked into it, too. But I was wondering if you could elaborate a little bit more on automotive snake oil and what to avoid. I mean, Flip 50 was just the beginning, you know. That sounds well, like a great, great question. Yeah, I, th- I think uh, snake oil is going to be... Uh, and it just doesn't apply to the automobile business. It applies to all businesses. It's a matter of uh, education. Uh, it's a matter of uh, you, snake oil will always be sold. I think as long as there are human beings on the planet, there will be somebody out there that's uh, going to buy the snake oil. And the car dealers are selling snake oil when they advertise. Uh, it's, a, it's just a, a question of uh, offering what somebody wants to buy. You go into these auto repair stores or auto uh, parts stores, and uh, you're going to be able to see on the shelves anything that has, there's a market for it. And unfortunately, they don't have a, um, a moral code or an ethical code that says we're not going to sell this 
oil additive or this gasoline additive or whatever else they're trying to sell you. If someone says, I'd like to buy it, they're going to sell it to you. Uh, Rick can probably give you some specific examples of uh, things in these auto supply stores that are on the shelves that you should avoid. Jeremiah Peabody's Little Green and Purple Pills, <laughs> to quote the old song. Uh, it's, it, it's snake oil. It's a placebo effect. Most cases, these things do nothing to help. Um, in a few cases, they can actually hurt because they, they create a false sense of security sometimes, and people will believe the hype, and they won't maintain their cars what are, properly. What are some specific examples? Because uh, we could spend an hour and a half on this, but uh, additives come to mind that uh, a lot of things that you put in your, I suppose you have additives for your radiator fluid, your transmission fluid, mm -hmm. your oil, uh, anything that you can put something more in to make it better. Yep. Top of the head, things that are pretty harmless, don't really do much to help, don't really do much to hurt, Things like the uh, STP oil additives, uh, Marvel Mystery Oil. You know, these were great on the older cars where the, the tolerances weren't as tight, the materials weren't as good, the machining wasn't Marvel as good. Marvel Mystery Oil. I love that. <laughs> well, believe Marvel. it or not, I still use that, but I use it in my air tools at work to lubricate uh, my air yeah. tools. You know, one of my favorites, <laughs> uh, this is a, tells you how old I am. How many out there can remember uh, the Andy Granatelli uh, TV commercials? Where he okay, and he would take a screwdriver and he would dip it into into the oil, and then he would try to pick the screwdriver up, yep. and it would slip out of his finger, and that proved that it increased the lubric. It was greater lubrication. He could pick it up with without the anti-gratelli uh, magic oil. Oh, the the fun <laughs> one! If you go into a parts store nowadays, sitting on the counter is this plastic display that has all these little gear lubes in it, and it's this Lucas. Uh, oil additive mm -hmm. and you have a little crank and when you turn the crank the one set of gears that's the basic plain oil you'll see a little tiny bit of oil work its way up the gears by being caught and pulled up yeah. but that Lucas additive you spin that and it just fills those gears right up yeah. and it's supposed to be oh this is the demonstration I'll of how take, great this I'll, stuff I'll take is. six quarts yeah every, everybody <laughs> and they believe it yeah uh, now things that can hurt and this is one of the big ones any additive for the transmission that contains sugar. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Stu. <laughs> Pepper's okay. You know Stu's something? got six um, of those max energy. I was watching Scotty Summer just recently, my favorite YouTuber. Not, not to be sarcastic, seriously, he's one of my favorites. And he had a whole video he just posted recently about do not change your transmission fluid because you could really mess up your transmission. Mm -hmm. In some cases, that's very true. Uh, follow what the manufacturer recommends. But anything that's like an additive that has a stop leak, like they, they sell this uh, stop leak for the radiators. Well, folks, mm -hmm. you have a thing in there called a thermostat. And if that stop leak interferes with that thermostat, which, you know, it's meant to plug holes. Well, if it plugs up the holes in that thermostat, your coolant is not going to flow properly and you can overheat an engine. Yeah. It can plug up those tiny passageways in the radiator and cause your radiator not to cool properly, which can overheat your engine. Yeah, the, I think the bottom line uh, is that the manufacturers 
are extremely competent in building their cars and, and the fluids that they need to lubricate and, and maintain their cars. Uh, they spend billions and billions of dollars. If there was something in a can that Andy Grenatelli or somebody else had invented, they would probably steal the patent or they invent something better. You know, you go with the manufacturer's recommendation. Uh, I know there's some that don't hurt and some that do hurt. I just say don't put any additive in anything in your car and try not to buy anything that's not manufactured by the auto manufacturer. You put anything on the car, in the car, on the car that's not OEM, original equipment manufacturer, you're asking for trouble. Now, <clears throat> with that said, there are some some products out there that might be okay, but why take a chance? I mean, you stick with the OEM, the suggested maintenance and repair uh, for your car, uh, and you're not going to get any trouble at all. Yep. Now, I, I have no problem with using other manufacturers' products such as oils. If you want to use mobile oil, Pennzoil, Castrol, a good, solid brand name, that's fine. But I would definitely not use any sort of those additives that look like snake oil. Tina, yeah, the one that really bothers me, the one that bothers me the most that I think is awful, especially in a high mileage car, if somebody's having some head gasket problems and they get gasket sealer, no, you're going to make a mess for the mechanic when you do end up needing a head gasket. If, if your head gasket's giving you problems, just get it fixed. Don't put fluid or anything in there because then if you need to get it fixed, the mechanic has to clean that whole mess up and it's just going to be a disaster. So don't use head gasket sealer, please. Absolutely. Great, great advice from Tina. Tina, there's a heck of a lot of snake oil out there, and uh, we're always happy to hear from you. Thank you. Do you have any well, other in questions? Miata, in the Miata community, we used to like Royal Purple for our gear oil. That did work pretty well, but other than that, we pretty much always stayed with the OEM manufactured fluids. That always seemed to work best, other than Mobile One for oil changes for low-mileage cars. Mm -hmm. Very good, Tina. Stay tuned for that mystery shopping report. Are you going to be with oh, us? Oh, I certainly will. I can't wait. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much. If you just tuned in, you're listening to Earl Stewart on Cars right here at the True Oldies channel. And you can text us if you're a little shy at 772-497-6530. Or you can give us a call at 877-960-9960. Now back to the recovering car dealer. You know, I wonder if there really is such a thing as snake oil. I mean, they make oil out of almost everything. Why so is that I such a Why is that such a favorite cliche? Um, it's used in reference to a lot because of different the old terms. Timers, because the old timers actually sold a bottle of what they call snake oil that would some cure all your ills. So that's where it came something, from. Well, something something I'm familiar is with those, those is old fake medicines used to have yeah, a little bit yeah. of snake venom in them. And yeah. the the the, the cliche that's used. Snake oil is used at the, well, supplement store. Mm -hmm. They use that cliche a lot. Mm -hmm. You're buying snake oil. They probably <laughs> sell it, too, though. Yeah. <laughs> they do. For real. <laughs> back, back room. <laughs> it, it's, it's to give it a bite. High in omegas. That's, it's very good for you. There you go. I get mine on Amazon. Snake oil caplets. Hmm. So what we, what we want are your questions, anything that you have out there in your on your mind, if you're thinking about bringing your car in for repair, if you have a problem with the car that couldn't be fixed, uh, if you're thinking about leasing a car, buying a car, uh, all the questions that must go through your mind, do I buy a used car or a new car, uh, do I lease or buy, 
any of your questions, we'd love to hear that. We like to, I get too many calls and emails and texts after the fact, after the horse is out of the barn. We love to hear from the horse while he's still in the barn. And if you're still in the barn, you haven't made that buying decision yet, and you got some questions, we'd love to hear from you. Okay, we're going to take, uh, we're going to, well, first let me say, sit down for this one. Okay. All righty. This is the cliche that comes from John from Palm City. And we used to have someone else that would call us, and that was Jonathan. And he was no shenanigans, Jonathan, back in the early days. So uh, anyway, back to uh, John. John, thank you so much for calling. Good morning to everyone. I just want to mention from this radio program, we have 67 counties in Florida, the one that's not too good to buy a car from is Martin County. And this show has uh, shopped the dealers, with the exception of Johnson Honda. Very good report from them. Oh. And what I think is behind a lot of it is, I'll give you an example. When the franchise of Toyota of Stewart was revoked, you hardly saw anything in the newspaper. You saw very little publicity on TV. And the reason behind this is the advertisement that car dealers give to these newspapers yes. and radio programs. Yes. And the latest incident, that was, what, with that, that was a few years ago. The latest incident, which is a big thing, is on June 15th, there was a trial, okay? 19th Circuit Court, all right, from the deal of Blue Marlin Motors. Mm-hmm. He was convicted by jury trial of 54 charges of grand theft, wow. one count each of tax fraud and racketeering. It was an 11-day trial. 80 witnesses that were stuck by him were called forward. They paid for their hotels. They paid for everything. Wow. He's going to be sentenced in September. The judge, the female judge that sentenced him, that had was in charge of the trial, said he could get his sentencing as high as 590 years. Wow. This goes back to when he was arrested, the owner, mm-hmm. uh, Craig Danzig, in November 2015. It was so serious that the sheriff himself of Martin County, Schneider, arrested him personally. Oh. So uh, what I want to say is you won't see, it was the smallest article in the Stewart News on June 16th, on a Saturday. Small, like you'd need a magnifying glass mm-hmm. to read about this trial that took place. Wow. So... Um, it, it, it's unbelievable, uh, and, and it's, it's, un, it's a bad vibrations for Martin County because of people that I spoke to that have bad experiences mm-hmm. with car dealers. I mean, one dealer himself years ago was put in federal prison setting odometers back as much as fifty to 100,000 miles mm-hmm. on used cars. Yes. So it's not a good reputation, but it, the good news is it is one good dealer that we have shopped on this show, yeah. and it's uh, Johnson Honda. Well, that's true. So, yeah. uh, and, and these contests that they're running, these dealers, I won't get into that. I made a comment in the past on this show, and some people love these contests. They get their free umbrella or movie tickets or whatever it is. Yeah. But I spoke to a woman a week ago that was got so harassed when she went in with this mail order certificate that she had, that the salesman actually blocked her from leaving yeah. to go to her car in the parking lot, and it got so bad she got on the phone and she called the Stewart police on this salesman. 
That's how bad it got. He yeah. would not leave her alone because she wouldn't buy a car from him. Yeah. Uh, but naturally, later on, she followed it through, and that salesman was fired. And I John, mean, that's personal John, harassment. What I have in my hand right now, I don't know whether you're watching live, but uh, I have your mailer that you sent me. And uh, take a look at dinner and a movie. Sounds and nice. if that doesn't yes. sweet, if that doesn't sweeten the pot, how about that twenty-five thousand dollars? What do you have to well, say that's about what that? Well, draws these people in, and, and it seems that the manufacturers don't do anything about complaints that they get because the bottom line is volume. The dealer is doing the right thing on them on volume. They just seem to leave them alone, and, and, and that's what's upsetting. And deceptive but advertising like say, sells cars. That's the problem. The past, that the Toyota dealer had completely revoked franchise, and you hardly knew about it or saw anything in the papers. Yeah. No, they're afraid That's of their what image. That's I wanted to speak about today. They're afraid of the image. Uh, manufacturers do not want to discipline their dealers because the press picks it up, or actually the press doesn't pick it up. They should pick it up. But uh, they, uh, as a matter of fact, they will require their dealers. They don't allow their dealers to be critical of other dealers. If you have a dealer in the market that is being exploited by the deceptive advertising of his competition, if that dealer speaks out, about the other dealer, not the dealer that's doing the deceptive advertising is in trouble. The dealer that criticized the dealer that was doing the deceptive advertising in trouble, and they're censored. They're fined. Uh, you cannot speak negatively of another dealer of the same manufacturer brand. And uh, there, it's kind of a backward way of looking at image and brand by saying, just don't talk about it. See no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil. But believe me, the evil is out there. Well, I went through all of this when I lived in New York. I mean, it was unbelievable. It was going on for a long time. McNamara Pontiac, which everybody knows about that. Yeah. And that almost bankrupt GMAC. Yes. Uh, Potemkin from Miami lost his franchise on Cadillac in Manhattan. Mm -hmm. But this went on for the longest time until finally the attorney general stepped in and the Motor Vehicle Bureau and then the manufacturer, they, uh, Cadillac, gave the franchise to uh, uh, um, the, uh, the uh, rental guy. How come I think of it? No, 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 no. Uh, 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 the big rented car rental, uh, the truck rental. Uh, Enterprise? Still has it Pen today, I think. Penske. Penner yeah, Penske, right. Pens Penske, they gave it to them. They had no choice. But it, it's just ridiculous that it continues, and, and just to show you how people got hurt, with this Blue Marlin, there was a man with a Mustang right in a, a local area Stewart that was out over $100,000 on a collectible Mustang. Mm -hmm. The car disappeared completely. Yeah. They don't even know where it was shipped, somewhere to Europe, and he was out the money, and he had to hire two or three lawyers to try to collect, it cost him a fortune, sure. from his insurance company. Well, they, they so spent a lot of money on it. There's spent no a lot end, I mean... When you're convicted of 54 charges of grand theft, this is very serious business. John, thank you very much. I really appreciate you bringing this to our attention, and uh, we will uh, do what the media would not do. We're, we're spreading the word. Blue Marlin Motors, the guy's going to yes. jail for 500 years, and uh, we'll <laughs> interview him when he gets out of jail. 
All right. John, hey, be hey, John, Can thank you imagine 590 years he could get? He's only in his mid-50s. He's not going to be around. Can't make this All stuff right. up, John. I'll hold on for the shopping report for later. Thank you so much, and uh, thank, you. <clears throat> thank you for always uh, well being with us every single Saturday that we're on and prior to that. Give us... <coughs> Excuse me. Give me. Uh, give us a call at eight seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty, or you can text us at eight seven seven two four nine seven six five three zero. And uh, you know, I have to say that we've got probably six ladies that are watching us live right now. Cool. Is that nice? Very nice. I want to hear from you, ladies. Thank you for tuning in to Earl Stewart on cars. Uh, we are going to go to Dennis, who's been holding. He's calling from Lake Worth. Good Hi, morning. Dennis. Hello. Good morning. I just have a question about maybe buy, buying a car. I saw a, an article, uh, I guess two days ago, saying that if the, these tariffs go into effect all the way, uh, uh, the price of a Camry could go up by $1,800. Yeah. So if you were thinking about buying a Camry, do you, do you know how when this might happen or will it is it going to happen or uh, do you guys i'm sure you if anybody's going to know about it you guys will dennis i don't think that's accurate and i think that there's a lot of speculation and there's a lot of excitement about this whole tariff issue um you know again i don't want to even touch on politics because, oh yeah, I'm not going to politics. Yeah. I'm just wondering if I was thinking about buying a Camry, yeah. would I, should I do it now, or you know, because if you're know, 2019, or you know, it just seems to me like if if it might happen, it yeah. might be a good idea to do it now rather than wait and see what happens. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't advise you to do that. I, I think you should take your time, buy your Camry after you've done your homework and your research, check with Consumer Reports, uh, shopped around, found the dealer that's going to give you the best price and the best service, and you know do. You know, buying a car, you're talking about a thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollar investment, uh, huge investment. You should take weeks, maybe even months before you make a decision. Uh, there's not going to be any tariff issue that's going to be coming up that's going to affect anything in the automotive market for a long time. And uh, I think you're going to see a lot of the hoopla about this fade. Uh, cars, uh, uh, we'll talk about the Camry. The Camry is the most American-made vehicle. A lot of people think Chevrolet, Chevrolet, Apple Pie, and all that kind of stuff. Chevrolets have more foreign components and are built out of the country more than, than uh, some foreign cars. You know, foreign cars are foreign cars by name only. So uh, a lot of Camrys are made in Kentucky and other uh, states in the country, United States. They use domestic parts. Uh, they use domestic labor. They use American labor. And so most of the cars that are manufactured, most all the cars, with the exception of European cars, have a heavy manufacturing base in the U.S. So this whole tariff thing, don't let it affect your car buying decision. Uh, if a dealer tells you, you better hurry up and buy this car because there's going to be tariffs imposed in the next few weeks, so sign here, laugh at him, and uh, continue about your business and do your homework. All right. Well, thank you for the information. Thank you, Dennis. You're welcome, Dennis. Stay in touch. Give us a call toll-free at 877-960-9960, or you can text us if you're a little bit shy at 772-497-6530. Uh, you know, we've been talking about uh, snake oil and uh, the mailers and all that, but uh, I received a text this morning that I shared with you, Earl, and uh, that was about uh, insurance uh, warranty 
to be exact. And uh, you receiving these mailers uh, scaring a consumer into, uh, you know, calling this toll-free number uh, when, in fact, it's just a sham. Yeah. Now, anything that you receive from a car, well, sometimes you don't know, it comes from a car dealer, but solicitations of any kind by text, email, used to be just snail mail, but anything that comes via uh, electronic or uh, physical mail, we'll call it, is the most deceptive that you can find. When you go, <clears throat> when you go, uh, especially with snail mail, it flies below the radar of the regulators. Not that the regulators care anyway, but uh, you can certainly designate exactly who gets your mail, either by text or email. But when it goes out with electronic airwaves, like radio, if uh, someone puts a deceptive advertisement on the radio or on television, everybody picks it up. The attorney general can pick it up. Uh, the uh, attorneys can pick it up. Everybody can pick it up. But if I want to go and send a deceptive mailer to uh, Nancy Stewart, I can just mail it to her. I can text it to her. I can email it. Nobody sees it except Nancy Stewart. So all of the mail and text and snail mail that you get, throw it in the trash can. Forget about it. Delete no, it. No, recycling bin. Recycling. Oh, thanks, Stu. Do other recycling. <laughs> you, you know, yes. I think that, excuse me for interrupting you, but I think that w whenever you receive, a, you know, a text or the forms of, uh, you know, contact to the consumer that you just mentioned, um, I think it it gets you, really gets your attention a lot more than seeing it on yeah. TV. And you feel like as if that it's personalized. Mm -hmm. There you have your yeah. name, and it just grabs you, and you go, oh, my goodness. Maybe I should call that toll-free number. Yeah. Uh, maybe my warranty is going to be running out. I'll be responsible for... I can tell you that's such an easy little trick. Uh, basically, every car dealer's got a computer program, and it's called a, it's called a merge field. And so you can customize it, make it look like they hand-wrote it for you. Like uh, Earl's got it in his hand. He's going he's to show the camera. It looks like a handwritten exactly. offer. But it has these little... Uh, if you look here where it says first name... In brackets, you can't see if you're, if you're listening on the radio, but basically the computer will put your name where those brackets are, it's so it looks like they wrote it by it's hand. It's personalized. Yeah. i got to yep. get in touch with those if people. If you can't see this uh, and you're listening on the radio, what I've got here is what appears to be a yellow legal pad sheet of paper with a handwritten message, and it's to a person uh, talking about the car that he owns and talking about the uh, what he can buy and what his discounts can be. It has a... Uh, the uh, all the personal information that would seem it was handwritten by this car salesperson at this particular dealership. So the whole idea, and Nancy said it perfectly, the direct mail, the email, the text is very personal. And you get it and you tend to read it. And you can get away with just about anything. We see every day in the copies that customers show us or people that call us from Earl Stewart on cars that are actually illegal. Mm-hmm. We see a lot of a lot of illegal ads. So, rule of thumb: if you if it comes in the mail, text, or uh, anything other than the mass uh, television, totally ignore it. You can ignore the mass television too. Actually, as I as I speak, I hear myself saying, "Ignore all advertising," and I really mean that. Uh, do your own research. Don't rely on what the car dealers want to tell you. And if you get a text from somebody you're not doing business with. 
it's a solicitation, reply back and say, I don't recall opting in because federal law says you got to opt in, and sometimes car dealers will just start sending you texts, so yeah. that'll scare them. Great advice. 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And, you know, we have to stop for a moment and let you know you are an important part of the show, and we're here for you. No games, no gimmicks. So give us a call with any question. They're all important questions. Or, or as I said, you can text us if you're a little bit bashful at 772-497-6530. And uh, we're going to go to Ollie, I mean Doug, from uh, Boca. <laughs> Ollie? Meow. <laughs> <laughs> That's your morning giggle. <laughs> Good morning. How are you guys? Doing great, Doug. Oh uh, yeah, Ollie says hello. He's he's laying down right here. Oh no, he's laying down on the job. Oh boy. Yeah, for <laughs> for you, this is an inside joke. So for you folks that don't understand Ollie or Doug, Doug is part of the International Sunrise Club, and Nancy and I do we we live video the sunrise every morning. We've been doing it for years, and uh, Doug is a regular member of the International Sunrise Club, and his kitty cat Ollie. Uh, actually watches the sunrises, <laughs> and he watches on, on Doug's Mac. Mac, He's got a Mac computer, and this kitty cat actually watches the sunrises, and Doug has videoed Ollie watching the sunrise. And I'm telling you, I'm looking at this video, and he's enjoying every minute of the sunrise. So, uh, Ollie, <laughs> meow. Uh, we, we you get that cat a window. Yeah, exactly. We have to give Sim a little bit of recognition also. She called last week. Yeah. So, uh, Doug, uh, thanks for bringing her on board, and she, too, listens to Earl Stewart on Cars. Okay, Doug, now that all the formalities are out of the way, what can we do for you? <laughs> okay, so we have a, I have a question. Uh, so our car was up for, for the lease, and we took it into, I can't name the dealership. I'll just, just say that it was a Honda dealership in Delray, and um, the car, car was over miles, and, um, and so... Basically, they try to give us like three different deals, but they wouldn't forgive the miles like all the way. So, you know, they would pay 50% for the miles. Or they said, no, we'll build it into the lease. I said, well, let me think about that. And so so then I, I tried another dealership, and they said that they would forgive all the miles. However, I didn't trust them. Mm-hmm. And and so my question is, should I should I call the leasing company Honda and just see what they would do, or should I trust a dealership? Well, Doug, uh, the mileage overage is a uh, I will call it a semi-legitimate charge. It's legitimate had it been fully disclosed to you, but my guess is it wasn't. And unfortunately, the fine print strikes again. Many, many leases are advertised out there with a very low payment. And then the fine print, which you have to use your magnifying glass to read, it has a substandard or a, uh, amount of mileage which will not meet your requirements. The average uh, driver drives about 15,000 miles a year. A lot of people drive, you know, 50, 60, depending on what your job is and where you live. And But... Um, I've seen mileage allowances as low as 5000 a year. 
Tip, typical would be like 7500 or 10000 and the mileage overcharge can be $0.25. Cents. I've seen as high as $0.50 cents a mile over, and it's all in the fine print. So it's deceptive. <clears throat> it should be required to be disclosed. The Federal Trade Commission says that anything that will materially modify the price of the product must be disclosed prominently in the same size type or the same uh, area, the same audio, or all the other things same that the actual price is advertised at. So when you lease that car, I'm sure that this did not happen. So you're stuck technically, uh, legally, they got you because unfortunately our regulators uh, do not recognize the fact that fine print is deceptive and you would be held to that. The dealer that told you he would absorb the cost of the mileage overage was being dishonest with you too because he's just going to add it to the price of the next lease. They say roll into the price, that means you pay it, it comes out of your pocket. And uh, you're just going to have to take that as a given if you want to lease another Honda. You take it as a given and shop three Honda dealers, apples and apples, so you get the exact same vehicle for the same lease terms and down payment. and Accept the fact that you're going to have to pay for that over mileage overage that you that you ran the car over. How far, if you don't mind my asking, Doug, did you go over, and what was the cost per mile? Okay, well, here's the thing: um, it's 15 cents a mile, but but when we signed the lease, um, which was three years ago, mm-hmm. uh, we thought it was 15,000 miles, mm-hmm. but unbeknownst to us. Because it's hard to even find this. We finally found it on on the contract sure. in the real small print, mm-hmm. and it said 12,000 miles. Yep. So I called the original dealership, which was Auto Nation, and I spoke to the sales guy. I said, he said, oh, you don't have to worry because I told you that I'm not going to charge you for over miles. I go, really? Mm. Yeah. So That's, he, uh... he wanted me to come all the way down to Hollywood um, on Wednesday, and he said he would do a deal, but I just don't don't trust no. this dealer. No, this is uh, leasing is something that is so easily manipulated. It's it's far easier for a car dealer to be deceptive and, and trick people with a lease because there's so many variables. And what you're talking about, the mileage penalty, is one of the biggest dirty little secrets in leasing, and people get away with it. What the salesman told you was just a flat-out lie. Uh, One of the reasons I advise people when they go car shopping is never go alone and get everything in writing. Uh, If you you have two or three people and you can say if you should go to court and you had three people that heard the salesman say that you would not be charged for that mileage overage, then you'd have a chance. And they would know you had a chance, which would probably preclude them from even trying in the first place. But when it's one-on-one and you're buying or leasing a car by yourself, these salespeople will say outrageous things. When you, If you are shopping alone, be sure it's committed to writing. That salesperson would never have signed a piece of paper or the buyer's order saying that he would absorb the cost of the mileage overage. Wow. So, I mean, even... I, I like your dealership, but but when if we would lease a car from you in the future, then we would know all these things before. Like, you know, if you would say twelve thousand or fifteen, and it would be 
if we went over, then it would be 15 cents a mile. We would know all that, and it wouldn't be hidden in the contract, correct? Well, we unfortunately, we don't have control over the leasing contracts. Uh, the leasing company, in this case, our case, it would be Southeast Toyota Finance, Southeast right. Toyota Leasing. They, they print the contracts, and they have the fine print in the contract uh, as all leasing contracts. Uh, if we did our job, and I will be the first to say, uh, I have over 180 employees. I have about 30 salespeople. <clears throat> and if I were to tell you that every salesperson I, I have does a completely open, transparent disclosure of all the fine print, I wouldn't be truthful. Uh, I like to think that most of our uh, salespeople do it, but there's always a rotten apple in the barrel, and sometimes these things do happen. But it is very important that uh, when you lease a car, I, people ask me this question all the time, should I lease or buy? I say, all things being equal, you should buy because it's easier to understand. Leasing has a lot of things that you need to look at the fine print. You hit on one, the mileage overcharge. There's also a lease administrative fee that you don't have when you are or sometimes called an inception fee. There's a lease disposal fee. There is a lease where above average wear and tear fee. These are all things that you don't have when you buy a car. And <clears throat> when you have a leasing contract, you got to get your magnifying glass out. Either that or have an honest salesperson that will do it for you. But in many cases, in average dealers, it's not done. In my case, we probably do it most of the time, but I'd be dishonest if I said I was sure it was done all the time. Wow. And one more question, what do you think of the maintenance contracts where they change the oil and they do whatever on the car and they charge you a certain amount a month to do this contract and they even have a tire replacement um, for the car. So I wanted to ask you if you guys do that and what do you think of these contracts? Maintenance contracts uh, can be good, and it's simple. It's a matter of arithmetic. You look at the, first of all, bear in mind that most manufacturers now are providing free maintenance for two or three years, sometimes even longer. So <clears throat> a maintenance contract isn't going to do you any good if the manufacturer is paying for it free anyway. But if you have to pay for your maintenance on the car, a maintenance contract can be a value. So what you need to do, look at your manufacturer's suggested maintenance, and then ask the car dealership that you're going to be taking it to, what are you going to charge me if I come in uh, every six months or according to the schedule and have my car maintained this way? Get the retail price. Then take your maintenance contract and see what you pay for it and compare the two. Uh, you should be able to save several hundred dollars on the maintenance contract. Now, if you do the maintenance and you use the maintenance contract, it can be a value. Where the car dealers make their money on maintenance contracts is people buy the maintenance contracts and they never come back for the maintenance. One of the reasons being a lot of people that buy the maintenance contracts don't even know they bought the maintenance contract. They go into the business office, the F&I office, and <clears throat> you're signing this, you're signing that. Suddenly you go home and you've got yourself an extended warranty, you got yourself a maintenance contract, you got yourself gap insurance that you didn't know you had. But if you did the evaluation... You measure the cost versus having the maintenance done individually or on the whole contract, and you bring it in and have it done at that dealer, it can be a value. Okay, thank you guys 
so much. And uh, I will be tuning in tomorrow morning with Ollie and Sim for... Uh, oh, thank you, Doug. Thank you. Don't go anywhere now. We have the Mystery Shopping Report coming up. And uh, if, you, uh, if you thought last week's uh, Mystery Shopping Report from uh, Coral Springs Kia uh, was uh, something, well, tune in today. Uh, see which way the... Uh, well, dominoes fall, so to speak, and we're going to be shopping uh, Pembroke Pines, the Costco auto program. Hey, Doug, send me a vid- another video of Ollie watching uh, the sunrise. <laughs> I'd love to I'd love to see that again. Okay, I'll do that. <laughs> uh, thanks, Doug. Uh, uh, just a little reminder to all of you uh, that if you're unable to uh, listen to our live show or you want to listen to any of our past shows, you can simply go to Erlon Cars, and uh, <coughs> excuse me, uh, you can uh, you can take your smartphone or your tablet uh, by using the podcast apps right there, and that's uh, Apple, SoundCloud, uh, Google, Stitcher. Uh, we got it all. So uh <coughs> there's a little reminder. I got a scratchy throat. Back to the recovering car dealer. Oh, we got some texts. The uh, texts are flooding in. Yes. Look at. Love to have those texts. <laughs> Let's give that text number out again, somebody. 772-497-6530. Okay. First text. Good morning. In the past, you said the future is electric motor cars. Is a hybrid the way to go? Are they worth the money? Are they reliable? And do you get this extra money back at trade-in? You do a wonderful service for the consumer. Uh, thank you, Robbie from Stewart. Well, thank you, Robbie. Uh, hybrids can be a good buy. Uh, it's a, again, sometimes you have to do the arithmetic and it's a matter of what do I pay extra for the hybrid versus what do I save on gas the saving on gas has to do with how many miles you drive a year and how long you keep your car so if you keep your car for a long time and drive a lot of miles you can oftentimes come out way ahead by buying a hybrid if you get a hybrid car you might get another 20 miles per gallon over what you'd get on the gasoline version but even that isn't going to help you if you don't drive very many miles. So it's a matter of arithmetic. <clears throat> uh, hybrid cars, by the way, are just a fill-in because the hybrids won't exist. We're going to have electric cars everywhere, every car you see. They're even talking about electric helicopters. Can you believe that? And uh, the battery technology is just going crazy. And pretty soon you're going to have batteries that will get you 500 miles uh, and they're going to get a thousand miles, and who knows what the limit will be. Rick? Well, not to mention the idea of inductive charging with coils built into the road. There you go. And your electric car will just drive forever. You, you wouldn't need ever to re- worry about the recharge. But, Robbie, you're <coughs> answering your question. Do your arithmetic, and sometimes hybrids can be a good buy, sometimes not. I've seen hybrids out there that were so highly priced over the gasoline version you'd have to do way, way too much driving to save. Some of the manufacturers are counting on the, what is it, the uh, prestige, the ego thing, mm-hmm. uh, the green planet uh, syndrome that, hey, I'm driving a hybrid, look at me kind of a thing. Uh, if it makes you feel good to drive a hybrid, but you have to pay way too much money for the privilege, it's not worth the investment. Okay, I've got another text here. I have a 2006 Nissan Murano 
with 65,000 miles. We've had about 5,000 when we bought it in 2007 from a Nissan dealer. Boy, you've had that car for a long time. Mm. The brakes have always squealed. This sounds like one for you, Rick. The brakes have always squealed in reverse, and now we're also squealing going forward. A lot of squealing going on. My independent mechanic says the rotors and brakes are in good working order. How can I stop the squeal, which is very loud and embarrassing? Well, um, earplugs? No. Oil? Because that won't, that won't help snake the embarrassment. Oil. Moisturizer. Actually, believe it or not, it's <laughs> a, a little bit of snake oil, but it, it's actually one that works. Okay. Um, that squeal is caused, There, there's a couple reasons. One of the most common ones is South Florida's humidity. Anytime your car sits for several hours, you're going to get a light layer of rust forms on those rotors. I mean, it's so it's such a tiny amount, you won't really even see it. But the first couple times, especially first thing in the morning, when you first step on the brakes, you may hear a little noise. Mm-hmm. There's nothing you can do about that one. The other thing you can do, though, is when your mechanic's checking your brakes, ask them to pull them apart and put some lubrication on the back of the brake pads between the shims, not on the friction material, but on the metal backing, and a little bit on the what's called the ears, where the brake pads ride in their holder. And that little bit of brake grease, it's a special grease that we mechanics will use, mm-hmm. will actually help to absorb those vibrations and cut down that noise a whole you lot. Need, you need to do a YouTube video on that, Rick, because it's pretty complicated. And maybe we can maybe we can take that, capture that, and put it on YouTube. Yeah, great we cop. can do that. Go. Great so top. You, lo- you lost <laughs> you lost me in shim. I remember shimmy shimmy cocoa bop, but I don't know. Shimmy, shimmy, and I didn't know bop. that brakes had ears. <laughs> they do. Should we be careful what we say around them? Only if you want them to stop and Squealing. not you to stop. Okay. <laughs> well, thank you very much. Now I've got another text here. I think one's for Nancy too. Okay, she gets the one after I do this one. Okay. Are there such things as car stereo repair shops anymore? Without exceptional. Uh, shops I tried, uh, okay, I got this blown up too big and I can't read the fine print, uh, to sell me a new unit or would analyze the problem poss- possibly fix. Uh, there used to be car stereo shops. Uh, sound advice? Is it's sound advice Sound one advice, they're, they're still... <coughs> world of sound? Yeah, in world of sound, they're still out there. But anymore, most manufacturers of radios like Kenwood, Pioneer, and that for the higher-end radios... If you have a problem with it, they usually want you to remove the unit and send it to them to let them fix it. Okay. The the units have become so complicated and so yeah. computerized. Oh man, I tell you. Oh, they they are they're they're more of a computer than the laptop I've got in front of me. Yeah. And if it's an inexpensive radio or it's two or three years old, you really might consider looking at the idea of it like a computer laptop. Obsolete. Um, obsolete. Yeah. Get a new one. Go to Best Buy or one of these other electronic stores and look at some of these new technology radios. And I got to tell you, stepping up, putting a modern technology into an older car. I, I put a, a new radio in my five-year-old pickup, and I'm amazed at yeah. how much, how awesome it is, that new technology. Yeah, it's exactly. great. Exactly. Great advice. Uh, unlike the old days, you just don't fix things anymore. Electronic, you just replace them. Yeah. And... Uh, the technology is moving so fast. I just, I can't, you know, I can't control myself. I keep seeing new devices, and I'm buying this stuff. 
faster than I could figure out how to use yeah. it. She followed up, or they followed up with a question. They said it's an O2 Honda Accord with a six CD in dash, and two of the CDs are stuck. So uh, I I would an, an old one like that. I would get a new radio. Yeah, there it's it would actually be less expensive, less headache. You'd get some great new technology, mm -hmm. and then take your old unit and put it on eBay. Be honest about the description, but believe it or not, there's a lot yeah. of people out there that will buy those old units, yeah. repair them, now how about and my, then resell them. Can I sell my 8-track? You don't have well, an 8-track. You would be <laughs> amazed, I bet, at how many people would be willing to buy an 8-track oh, sure. because they want to have a, a, a the original radio to yeah. go back in their car. Other advice would be have your kids or grandkids uh, rip your music from your CDs so you can put it on your phone. And rip it, rip it. Rip it. There's another one. Yep. Yeah. So that way you can listen to it on your phone and, and get that with the means, times. That means to you copy it on something yes. else. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Rip it. So. Or, or you simply download it right from iTunes or from yeah. Google. I think it depends on what you're applying. radio. That Oh, I thought a rivet was something <laughs> a frog said. Well, that's rivet. <laughs> no, that's Ripping. something that they put buildings together with. Right. Ah, okay. That was Rosie the Riveter. You're okay. Rip. That's okay, a I think we got a, we got a text for you Nancy. You can use here. that in different forms. Nancy, <laughs> here's, here's Nancy's text. Nancy, from one woman to another, what's the best way to respond to a pushy auto salesperson? A knee? Well, <laughs> I'll share something with you that I can share on the air. And uh, if you want to know any other uh, ways Private messenger <laughs> for the real answer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, first of all, you're in total control whenever you walk into a dealership. And uh, if you, in, you know, in the event, uh, well, encounter an aggressive salesperson, I would say that uh, you would, uh, well, I'd say ask for the manager. That's who I would go to. And then the two of you could decide if there was somebody in the dealership that uh, would be able to meet your needs. And uh, I'm not promoting whether that would be a woman or a man. It's called giving you respect. And you deserve that. And you deserve to be treated uh, like a knowledgeable person who wants to go out and purchase a car and you need advice and you need it from a salesperson that you connect with i think that's a great answer you know in our one of the advantages of being a an existing dealer i'm a recovering car dealer and in full transparency and disclosure i have to say i do have a car dealership so when i put on my car dealer hat one of the conversations that i have with Stu and my other managers is wouldn't it be nice if we could pair the right salesperson with the right customer. Everybody has preferences. Uh, some people prefer women. Some people prefer older people. Uh, in other words, if I'm an elderly person, sometimes I like to talk to somebody that's not you know, 21 years old. I might want to talk to somebody that's in their 50s. Um, and with a little bit of thought, you can pair people. Uh, so I advise all people, not just women, but when you walk into a car dealership, Find a salesperson that you can identify with, somebody that chemically you're, you're going to be able to uh, have a, a conversation, you a dialogue. If you, I mean, you're in there to spend a lot of money, right? Uh, you're, not in exactly. there to, you're not in there to uh, have the salesman earn a big commission or any kind of commission. You are the customer. You are the king. You're the queen. And you have a right to say, I'm not comfortable with this particular person. 
and I'm not saying anything negative about that person, I'd feel more comfortable with, and you fill in the blank. I mean, you might be yeah. Hispanic. Uh, English might not be your first language. Maybe you would confer, prefer to confer in Spanish. I'd like a Spanish-speaking salesperson. You're in full control. Exactly. And so you, be, uh, sure you, be sure you do it from the get-go, and don't be timid about it. I know a lot of people are timid about it, and unfortunately that's why, where we have a lot of problems. But uh, if you will stand up and ask for somebody that you feel good about talking to, it'll make a world of difference. You know, it's, it's amazing that uh, 54% of uh, women uh, purchase vehicles and uh, 84% are part of the decision factor. Uh, with all of that said, you do have total control whenever you walk into a dealership. And uh, I'm not at all surprised that there are still aggressive salespeople out there. And that's the reason why I advise men and women do your homework. Uh, it's just you you go in and you baffle these uh, car salesmen whenever you know uh, what vehicle you wanted, uh, whether it's a good choice for you and your family, you know, whether you have children, whether you're single, doing your homework before you walk into the dealership and you have so many options. That PC that sits in your home or at the library, there's so much to obtain from right there on the internet and consumer report earl and i we can't talk enough about consumer report all of your answer all of your questions will be answered so i hope that i uh, gave you enough information to help you go out and buy a car well without being taken advantage of now back to the recovering car dealer we haven't had any calls in about five or ten minutes and that's not what we do we we take calls. We answer questions. 877-960-9960. Please write the number down, even if you don't have a question now. If you want to call the show, 877-960-9960. And if you want to text us, you text us at 772-497-6530. That's 772-497-6530. Please call and share anything you care to share. Observations, criticisms, uh, suggestions. Love the questions. Rick. You know, something you haven't done in a while, Earl, is your Jim Press quote. And that's something you used to always open the show with. Uh, Personally, I think it's something kind of important. Maybe you ought to try it again. Well, it's kind of like preaching to a sing-sing. Jim Mm -hmm. Press was a former top executive for Toyota. And he says something is what you do for the customer when you don't have to. That's a true measure of character, kind of like sticking up for somebody who can't defend themselves. And uh, it's a uh, truism. It's something that we all know. Our mothers told us this when we were growing up. And something happened to car dealers. They lost that. And uh, it's happened to other businesses, to be fair. But the car dealers lag way, way back in the 20th century in terms of the way they treat customers and we're trying to bring them up to speed we're trying to make a dent not just with the consumers to help them uh, arm them with knowledge they they can have a pleasant buying experience but also the car dealers to get their attention okay we're going to go to our next caller first i'm going to give you that telephone number 877-960-9960 or you can text us at 772-497-6530 and uh, we're going to go to elena who's calling from palm beach gardens welcome to the show elena 
Hi, I'm a first-time caller, although I listen regularly. Oh, oh. well, you stay on the line. Cushing, fifty bucks. And uh, stay on the <laughs> line and and give us your contact information, and uh, I'll mail you fifty dollars. How's that sound? Wow, that's nice. Okay, what can we do for you this morning? Well, I just have a question, and uh, out of curiosity, I guess last week I listened and there were some uh, there was a knock on Kia and uh, 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 I do lease from Kia on North Lake <laughs> and the reason why I went it was because of the price and it was very reasonable um, and I was wondering I know you talked about secret shopper and yes. I don't know if you ever yes and I don't know if your secret shopper ever follows up on uh, visits to like Kia or wherever mm -hmm. do they follow up and see if they get any better service or any more information the second time or third time they go, or does it not happen? Elena, we, we do, and uh, we, we follow up whether it's a bad shop or whether it's a good shop. We try to uh, hit as many car dealerships as we can, but just because someone gets a really good score, uh, we, we still go back because you've got typical sales force, 10, 15, 20 salespeople, and I, even in my own car dealership, uh, I say we're not perfect. Uh, matter of fact, we mystery shop my car dealership because we find out things we wouldn't otherwise know. We find out mistakes we make. Uh, we go back when we have bad reports because we don't want to put somebody on the do not buy from this dealer list if, in fact, it was a fluke. And we want people to improve. So, yeah, absolutely. We always try to go back again, sometimes several times. Have you found have you found out uh, anything else about Kia or <laughs> I mean I, I hear those horror stories now and I'm like <clears throat> although I got a great price per month on a lease you know uh, you know I'm I'm really rethinking you know of going to another dealer with mm. another type of car but you know like uh, I didn't I didn't feel totally uncomfortable the first time but you know follow ups and things like that is has not been easy with Kia, sure. so I'm not surprised about, you know, and, uh, uh, you know, I value your ratings and things like that about dealerships. Mm -hmm. Do they, um, do they fear you? Do they fear you guys because you do these, these uh, uh, ratings? <laughs> well, they, uh, I, I think, uh, they're mad at us. Fear, fear is probably not the right word. They intensely yes. dislike us. Intimidating. <laughs> yes. And uh, yeah, I think I'll I'll pat ourselves on the back uh, and say that I think we have had a positive impact on the activity of car dealerships yeah, within our with within the range of this radio show. A safety um, bubble. Yeah. Yeah, I think it. I think we get their attention in in this way, and that is, uh, you know, they. Wow, my goodness gracious, they're talking about us, and uh, you know, maybe we better clean our act up, or maybe we better get rid of the uh, dealer fee. Uh, any one of those things, but I think that we're having a positive impact. Yeah, let me say on something about. Let me say something about Kia, because uh, yes. Kia is a little bit unique. Uh, the car. Korean cars, most people know, um, made by the same manufacturer that makes a Hyundai. And uh, they are, uh, they've been in this country a relatively short time compared to Chevrolet and Toyota and Honda. But uh, mm -hmm. when they first came into the country, the, uh, the, the product wasn't very good. Uh, there was an established mm -hmm. uh, network of manufacturers selling lots of different brands of cars. And so 
the Kia manufacturer had to kind of go out and find people that w- would sell a Kia. Nobody wanted a Kia franchise. So they went out and they signed up a network of dealers. And these were <clears throat> second-rate dealers. Uh, these were people that had never sold cars. Maybe they had a gas station or they, uh, whatever, they, they, they got in with a very little had investment. A, had a private lot. You know, a private lot. Used car dealers yeah. that would suddenly become uh, a new car dealer. So the quality of the dealer network uh, for Kia is not as good. Now, there are some very good Kia mm-hmm. dealers, I'm sure. We don't happen to know any good Kia dealers. Right, and, right, right. And we have a problem with Kia because we keep trying to find a recommended Kia dealer, and it's difficult to find. So that is, <laughs> that is a problem. But with that said, the Kia is a good product. The quality has come way up. Uh, their warranty, the manufacturer, a lot of good things to say about Kia, and the same thing goes with Hyundai. But the most negative thing I can say about Kia is the difficulty of finding a Kia dealer that will be up to mm-hmm. standards uh, in terms of honesty, transparency, etc. No, I get you. I get you. Uh, and thank you for, you know, everything. I mean, I, it's funny that uh, I noticed that uh, uh, dealership fees are still charged, even if you say you don't. Um, it's interesting how, you know, companies still charge them. But, no, I appreciate your show and, uh, you know, enjoy learning a lot about uh, cars and, you know, dealerships. I appreciate it. Well, thank yeah. you, Elena. Yeah. We love your call, and we love you because you're called, and we love you because you're a woman, and we need more women callers, and that's the reason you got 50 bucks going to be mailed to you tomorrow. And oh, great. Yes. Okay. And uh, keep on listening so and spread the, spread the word. This is Nancy Stewart, and uh, please uh, spread the word. And again, thank you for listening. That uh, mystery shopping report last week must have been uh, pretty interesting for you. Uh, if sure. You, if thank you so much. you're listening, you're quite welcome. Uh, give us a call toll-free at 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And we're going to go to Everett, and she's calling from Palm Beach Gardens. Welcome to the show. Hello there. Um, I've called before, but it's been a couple of years, so you may have answered this question, but I thought I'd ask it. I understand dipsticks are disappearing and I'd like to know how the consumer benefits from this. Rick? Well, uh, they're actually disappearing from the transmissions. And the reason being that a lot of manufacturers are going to what's called a lifetime fluid for the transmission. And unless there's a leak from the transmission, there's no need to ever even check the fluid levels. As a matter of fact, it's actually a very complicated process anymore to check the level and make sure that it's set properly and it takes a a, what's called a scan tool or a computer plugged into the car we have to get the car in the exact temperature range and then add a specific amount of fluid and there's a whole process to it but that being said the only real maintenance expected on transmissions anymore is if you're in what's called a heavy-duty use say you're towing something then you might consider flushing it out at, say, 100 to 150,000 miles. But other than that, the transmissions simply don't need it anymore. Everett, was, that, was your question about transmissions, or had you heard or thought that the dipsticks in the, uh, trans- in the oil dipstick is, um, is being phased out? Well, I heard it was happening on both, but I oh. watched a YouTube video, and it showed this Toyota where uh, in a, in a tech school was showing what it takes to 
to uh, measure the fluid on a Toyota Venza, I think. Mm -hmm. And it looked to me like you guys had to buy hundreds of dollars worth of equipment just to check the level properly. Uh, make that thousands. <laughs> wow, interesting. I was off by a digit or so. Yep. But, no, the engine oil still has a dipstick on every engine I've ever seen at, because engine oil still has to be changed at the bare minimum on synthetic oil cars that we know of. Every 10,000 miles is the longest interval I've seen yet. And even then, you still should check your oil at least once a month. Now that I think about it, Everett, you just uh, made me uh, think about something I haven't ever thought of. Uh, a dipstick is, per is kind of an archaic way uh, of measuring things. I mean, here we are in the electronic <laughs> age with big yep. data, and it's kind of like uh, sticking a, uh, a stick in the uh, pot of, uh, of water to see how much water you got. Uh, it doesn't make sense. It seems to me that uh, dipsticks should be replaced, and there's got to be an electronic way to measure your oil that would not only measure it, but tell the dealership or the repair shop that you frequented exactly how much oil, tell you how much oil, and when your oil got low, your app on your uh, smartphone would pop up and say, hey, Everett, you need oil. You're down to X number of quarts. Take it in uh, within the next 30 days. It Dip should. Yes. Dipsticks should be obsolete. Well, but on the other hand, the gasoline engine may be obsolete soon, so we, we that. won't need yeah, it anyways. <laughs> we knew that. Yeah. Everett, great question. I love questions that make me think. You know, it just, dipsticks, I never thought about it. Why on earth do we have dipsticks? Auto manufacturers, get rid of them. They're stupid. They get your hands all dirty, and uh, they drip oil in the engine. They're just barbaric. Yep. Okay. Thanks, Everett. Listen here. Uh, okay. If you just Thank you. Thank you, Everett. Uh, hope to hear from you again. I hope we answered your, uh, your questions. And... Uh, would like you to give us a call at 877-960-9960, uh, or you can text us uh, as uh, Andres did, and I'm going to I'm going to read his text. He's uh, listening from South Carolina, uh, so 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Andres uh, from South Carolina, and he says that he visited a dealer in South Carolina and saw Phony Monroney on each of the three vehicles that he looked at. Each added a minimum of $1,000 of profit for the dealer and zero value for him. For you new listeners that don't know what a Phony Monroney is, uh, the Monroney, Monroney label, by the way, is the federal mandated window sticker on all new cars that uh, has to be there by law. If a dealer takes off that label, the MSRP label, called the Monroney label, uh, he can be fined. And uh, it's illegal to sell a car without that attached at the time of sale. So what the dealers are doing to get around the fact that the Monroney label helps you make a buying decision is a counterfeit. Monroney labels, the official manufacturer sticker, they counterfeit it. And they put it right next to the one that you have to have on the window. And you, your eye falls on the phony Monroney, the counterfeit Monroney, and you look at a different price. You think it's just a subtotal on the left and the grand total on the right. And so you believe that the MSRP is higher than it really is. So that's what the phony Monroney is. You should be very careful. Most car dealers I say most. I'm going to say 75 to 80% do use phony Monroney's. 
Exactly. And uh, Senator uh, Monroney, uh, he enforced that law a long time ago, and uh, there's just uh, a lot of dealers that don't abide by it. So food for thought. Uh, I think we have uh, Dave who's holding from West Palm Beach. Uh, good morning, Dave. Good morning, guys. How's everybody? Great. All right. Listen, um, I started off with airbags, but I have a dipstick comment, if anybody cares. Love it. I'm a old I'm an old school car guy mm-hmm. and that transmission dipstick was always a good way to check on the condition of your fluid mm-hmm. if you weren't getting it changed or perhaps if you were going to buy a used vehicle you might like to be able to look at that transmission fluid and not have happened what has happened to me with my 2002 Ford Explorer uh, the transmission fluid was in such bad shape that I barely had the thing six months before I had to have the transmission rebuilt. Oh, if wow. I had known that that fluid was gummy and black and burnt, but the only way to check it is to run it up in the air and actually put more fluid in it until the fluid drips out of the overflow pin tube. <laughs> and, yeah. So that was unfortunate, but I love this truck, and I love driving it. So I spent the money and had the tranny rebuilt, and now I'm, I've got it, and it, it, I, I'm glad I did. Now, my real question is airbags. And I remember months ago you guys did quite an extensive discussion, particularly as it surrounded Takata airbags. Yes. Yeah. Um, my question would come about uh, with my uh, because of my 2002 Ford Explorer. Mm-hmm. My airbag warning indicator now is flashing at me, uh, and so I had asked the mechanic, my mechanic, what it would take to replace or check or reset or whatever is wrong with the airbag system, and he indicated to me that dealers, or not dealers, but manufacturers may be obligated to take care of airbag issues. And I I just haven't been able to find any research to back that up. Is there anything to that, Earl? I don't don't think so. I think that that there's there's not an unlimited warranty on airbags. And uh, we talked about this last week or maybe the week before, and we had intended to go out and do some, some research on that. It's a great question, Dave. And uh, you would think that of all the uh, equipment on a car that should have a lifetime warranty, it would be the airbag. <clears throat> but right. it, it does not. <clears throat> and uh, you buy an older car, everything deteriorates. And airbags are no exception, especially today when we really got some serious deterioration going on just because of uh, bad manufacturing. So uh, uh, when you, uh, thank God that light came on for you, and uh, if the airbag is in fact um, defective, then you need to decide whether you want to spend the money on a replacement or trade the car in. You said you have a 2002. Uh, You're probably getting the point now where the cost of the replacement airbag is going to be more than the value of the car. So you might be, yeah. That's if the parts are still available because manufacturers are only required by the government to keep parts available for 10 years 
after uh, that car yeah. had stopped being made. So depending on when the last model car was made that used those same parts, if it's longer than 10 years, you may have a hard time finding those parts. And airbags themselves, they're usually warrantied about the same length of time as seat belts. And if you've ever had a seat belt that reaches that point where it just doesn't want to retract easily and you've constantly got to help it retract, you know, that's a sign that that seat belt's getting worn inside. And I'd be a little nervous about that because, like, in an accident, the seat belt is supposed to lock yeah. and keep you from flying forwards. And if it doesn't do that, you know, there's your oh, first sure. line of defense is gone. Dave, let me, uh, let me jump yeah, in sure. here and, and say why your call is so important. And first of all, it's important because it reminded us of something we dropped the ball on last week, which was to investigate this issue with airbags. Uh, I would think that the National Highway Traffic Safety Association should do something. There should be a law that says airbags are warrantable for the life of the vehicle. Uh, now here, and we've also talked about the cost of replacement of this airbag being maybe more than the value of your car. Now, you could sell that car. And you could trade that car in, or you could sell it to a car dealer. Now, what would that car dealer do with your car? Uh, <laughs> there's no law saying that uh, he couldn't. Well, I suppose there is a law. You know, I've got a question for myself. Is there a law? To, is there, If I bought a car from you and the airbag sensor light was indicating the airbag was defective, could I disable the, the sensor light? Not legally. Yeah. So not legally, but... Uh, someone could do this. It's very easy to do, right, Rick? Oh, yeah. yeah. Now, you take that car now. You've got a car that you had a warning about, and you were aware that's a real problem. But you trade that car in, that sensor light stops blinking. That car could be retailed to another person. And they would drive that car for who knows how long, and maybe there was an accident where the airbag should have deployed. So there's a a real mess, a real dirty little secret about car safety that nobody wants to talk about, which is the age of airbags. So thanks very much, uh, uh, Dave, for a great call. We we need to pursue that and find out what the official what the official policy is. Yeah, by official this, policy. NHTSA on this issue. Yeah. Just well, giving, stay uh, tuned and keep listening, you know, for, for your updates. Um, I, I, I get a chance to catch you guys every Saturday morning, and uh, I, I appreciate the information to be honest with you uh, it's uh it's useful and uh, uh i'm glad i gave you a call listen up uh, can i ask just one more quick question sure about certainly something that that that, re- that i may relate to the airbag warning light at the at the almost exact same time that the airbag light started flashing i had a check engine light but the code read on it simply said one of the oxygen sensors was no good. Hmm. So we've now replaced two of the three oxygen sensors, and the light still comes on, and I haven't had an opportunity yet to have the code read again. Would there be any possibility that the airbag indicator is triggering the check engine light as well? No, those, those are two totally separate systems, especially on an O2. The only thing yeah. that they share is that both lights are located in your uh, combination meter. Uh, okay. Now, for the O2 sensor, um, I would make sure your mechanic is checking to make sure that those sensors are actually bad. 
because sometimes there can be other things that will cause the O2 sensor to look bad, and it's not actually that. It's another thing. It's, it's like the computer issue. Garbage information in, garbage information out. If the uh -huh. engine computer is getting a signal from that O2 sensor, but it's actually uh, some resistance in a wire somewhere, it may think the O2 sensor is bad, but it's another problem causing it. So just make sure they're double checking to make sure all those systems are, you know, that everything's reading properly, and it's definitely a bad sensor. All right, Rick. Thank you very much. Thanks for the call, Dave. Great call. Call again, please. Yes, all right. please you do. Bet. Eight seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty, or you can text us at seven seven two four nine seven six five three zero. And uh, while I'm at it, I think I'll remind our listeners uh, that uh, Earl's column appears in the uh, Palm Beach, uh, Florida Weekly, and uh, that is for the uh, week of June twenty eighth to July fourth. You'll find it in there, and uh, the name of that uh, column is "Car Dealers Have Blocked Your Right to the Seventh Amendment." great information so you might want to pick up a uh, copy of that now back to the recovering car dealer rick you had a comment well we had a text from virginia into cuesta and she was asking about her uh 2009 toyota she didn't mention the the model of car with 120,000 miles on it and she's just asking for for an opinion of what's the first major repair that she might be expecting on this car well your car's nine years old, 120,000 miles, so it's it's getting up there a little bit. But um, if it's been properly maintained, then probably, and I'm, I'm just kind of guessing here, that there's really no crystal ball that's going to say anything, but probably the first component that's going to start to have an issue would be air conditioning. That's what we see most common yeah. in the older cars in South Florida is air conditioning issues. Yeah. No, that's true, and they're very expensive too. So it's big a, time. Yeah, if you if you're buying an extended warranty, one of the things you want to be sure that the extended warranty covers is the air conditioning. Uh, it will not cover. You'll find if you read all the fine print, much of the electronics. The electronics are excluded. Even your navigation system. Very rare to find anything in a extended warranty. But be sure that AC is covered. Yes. Okay. Well, uh, we're getting close to. Uh, mystery shopping time. So I'll remind all you folks out there that uh, have been listening now up in just a few minutes, we have an extremely interesting mystery shopping report. We considered uh, continued on with the Costco mo motif, the Costco auto buying program, and we mystery shopped AutoNation Chevrolet at Pembroke Pines. And uh, an extremely interesting report, uh, especially because it came on the uh, heels of our meeting with the Costco executives. Uh, Stu and I and my other sons had a meeting with uh, Jay Maxwell and William Martorello of uh, Costco uh, on Wednesday. And we had a, about a, over an hour we were in the meeting. We talked about all the problems that we have with the Costco to buying program and the things that they're doing to uh, try to correct some of these problems. And it'll be a very interesting shopping report. So uh, please stay tuned. Uh, Rick, I've got a Another one for you here, uh, having to do with the additives we talked about earlier, says, you mentioned all sorts of additives, but you didn't mention gasoline additives. I use Lucas, L-U-C-A-S, gas additive, and I can swear the car runs smoother when I do. Am I nuts? Mm. Well, I'm not a psychiatrist, so I won't make any diagnosis <laughs> on that. 
Uh, I would probably have to go with the answer that perception is reality. If it seems like it's making a difference to you, then eh, there may be some small difference. But most gasoline additives really don't do a whole lot for the car itself. They're, again, modern fuels, uh, by federal requirements, are required to have certain amounts of detergents and cleaners in them. Mm -hmm. The quality on our modern fuels is through the roof anymore. We really don't see issues with fuels. I would say you're probably just pouring a little extra money in your tank that really isn't going to help you much. I've got a suggestion for you. Here's, here's, here's my idea. Uh, next time you fill up your ga gas tank, uh, don't put the uh, Lucas in there and see how it feels. Or even better yet, uh, tell your wife to uh, take the can of Lucas, and she will control which tank of gas she puts it in. So you won't know. Ooh, It'll be kind of like a blind testing taste. And then after two or three tanks of gas, you can say, I thought the second tank of gas gave me a really smooth ride. Honey, did you put the Lucas in that? And she can tell you. So that'll be a, plu a true blind test. I like that. Okay. That's the scientist in me. Coming. There you go. Okay, give us a call, folks. We have a we have some time for calls before the Mystery Shopping Report, 877-960-9960. And, of course, the text number, 772-497-6530. That's 772-497-6530. Six five three zero. I haven't done my commercial yet, so I'm going to do a commercial for Big Dog Ranch Rescue. Now, I'm also going to hold up my book, which is called Confessions of a Recovering Car Dealer. Uh, Confessions of a Recovering Car Dealer is a how-to-do-it book, how to buy or lease a car, maintain, or have your car repaired without being ripped off by your car dealer. Now, how does that fit in with my commercial? For Big Dog Ranch Rescue. 100% of the proceeds of this book go to Big Dog Ranch Rescue. And Big Dog Ranch Rescue is the largest no-kill shelter for animal rescue anywhere in Florida. We have right now about 600 doggies in our campus. We call it a campus because there are no cages. It is like a luxury resort for doggies. And our, our location is on Okeechobee Boulevard, west on Okeechobee Boulevard, Loxahatchee Loxa Groves. Brand new facility on how many acres? 300 acres? A lot of acreage out there. A swimming pool. We have a lake. We have walking areas. The doggies are in bunkhouses, we call them. They're like a college campus, like four or five, six dogs. The, 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 the walls of the dog of the of the bunk room are decorated. The dogs that we have our own vet, we have our trainers. Uh, it is really like a happy. It's like a summer camp for dogs. But we we still have to find homes for the dogs. So please consider adopting a dog from Big Dog Ranch Rescue. And I can't see my. Oh, I got a delay here, so I can't see if I'm holding this up enough. But Big Dog Ranch Rescue will be benefited if you consider buying. Confessions of a Recovering Car Dealer. You can buy it on Amazon. Amazon.com. Confessions of a Recovering Car Dealer. 100% goes to Big Dog Ranch Rescue. And if you haven't got the money to spend on a book, 
please consider volunteering or adopting one of our dogs. Thank you very much. And now back to Earl Stewart on cars. All righty. That was my commitment. 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Now back to the recovering car dealer. I want to thank uh, Channel 12 W, uh, what is it, WPEC? Yep. Yep. Uh, Channel 12, uh, CBS. Uh, they did an interview aimed by the dealership, and uh, they talked to Rick Kearney. They talked to a customer of ours who had a car with a Takata airbag replaced. They talked to me, and they had the courage to talk about this dirty little secret, the Takata airbag, that is in millions of cars that are being sold every day. These cars, as we speak, there's a transaction somewhere in the United States where some unsuspecting buyer at a used car lot is buying a car with an unfixed Takata airbag. Unfixed Takata airbags can explode in your face like a hand grenade and kill you. And it has happened hundreds of times and it's happening every day. And our laws and our legislators and our regulators are letting this happen and it's terrible. So Channel 12 told the story again. I don't know what their listening audience or viewing audience is, but it's got to be in the hundreds of thousands. And in the hundreds of thousands, there had to be some Florida state legislators. There had to be some federal legislators, a lot of regulators, a lot of people that have the responsibility to do something about this. Rick Scott might have seen it. Senator Nelson might have seen it. Channel 12 said, why are these cars being sold? It should be illegal to sell a car with any dangerous recall. Takata is just one of many. Mm -hmm. Takata ha happens to be the worst because there's so many of them. Pam Bondi could help us out Pam a little Bondi, bit. Our attorney general. Yes. Channel 12, thank you very much. I wish the rest of the media had your courage, and I wish we could spread the word and get some action on the Takata Airbag. Absolutely. I'll give you that number again. We still have some time left to take your phone calls. And, uh, ladies, let me remind you that uh, I have, uh, or we have, uh, $50 to give away to the uh, next female caller, 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772 Four nine seven six five three zero. We're going to go to Paul, who's been holding from Port St. Lucie. Good morning, Paul. What can we do for Good you? Good morning. Uh, uh, concerning the airbags, I like to do uh, an Einstein type of thought uh, thought uh, experiment. Okay. If you are going sixty miles an hour, that's eighty-eight feet per second. So if you put one in your calculator and divide by eighty-eight, you get seconds per feet. And it turns out that you go a foot in about a one one hundredth of a second, mm -hmm. and your ma your machine has to decide that you have not bumped the curb in publics, but you're in a real crash, mm -hmm. and then deploy that thing in uh, in time for you to not hit the steering wheel column. Yes, it is. Uh, it's a miracle. Uh, the airbags are really a miraculous product, and they've been refined over the years, and uh, they react in thousands of a second. Uh, Rick, you got a quick comment? Yeah, Honda has got a great video out when it shows if your airbag was one hundredth of a second late, mm -hmm. and what they do is they drop a watermelon, and when the airbag deploys like it's supposed to, it catches that watermelon perfectly. 
And then they drop the watermelon again with the airbag set to deploy one hundredth of a second later. And when that watermelon hits the airbag as it's deploying, it's watermelon I mean, it just, it explodes. Yeah, it's a great YouTube. Just Google uh, Honda watermelon airbag yep. and you'll pull, pull up that YouTube. Paul, thanks. You sound like a scientist. Are you an engineer or a scientist? I used to be an engineer. Yes, sir. Anyway, thank you very much for your show. Thank you, Paul. Great call. Thank you. Well, the uh, telephone number again is 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Uh, you ready for the mystery shopping report? Yes, I think uh, we should get into that, and uh, we can certainly take some calls as we go along. Always like to hear from the Costco members out there, especially Costco members who have been part of the auto buying program. And this has been kind of like our crusade here uh, for months now, and we're trying to work with the Costco auto buying program folks to improve the program. And Stu and I were very encouraged when we met Wednesday with uh, the two executives, uh, William Martellaro and uh, Jay Maxwell. And uh, they, were, they listened, uh, they were responsive, they were concerned, and uh, we were very encouraged. Uh, we gave them seven shopping reports, mystery shopping reports, that we had aired on this uh, radio station, and uh, we're airing another one now. Uh, the current mystery shopping report the 8th, which we will send a copy of to Jay Maxwell and Wilton Martellaro. We shopped AutoNation Chevy, Pembroke Pines, and this is, as I said, was the 8th of our mystery shops at the Costco Auto Program. In the last two months, we've seen just about every way the Costco Auto Program can be used or misused by car dealers. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Last week's visit to Coral Springs Kia was an example of the ugly. And let me tell you, that was ugly. <laughs> really, really had to be embarrassing to a lot of folks. And it had to scare the heck out of a lot of potential customers for Coral Springs Kia. Uh, besides ignoring all of the major requirements of the Costco Auto Program, the ones that are imposed on its approved certified dealers, Coral Springs Kia purposefully, uh, purposefully on purpose, concealed the real Costco price from the shopper. Now that's bad. Even making clever use of the Costco member-only price sheet to further deceive and confuse them. So we gave a copy of that shop to the two executives from Costco. They saw that, and I'd like to be a fly on the wall when they read it because it had to embarrass them. The Coral Springs Kia shop was the best example we can think of to try to convince the Costco auto program to police their dealers much more effectively and to put into place some simple rules that would help protect their members. Now, we asked the Costco executives, were they shopping dealers in South Florida? And they said they were. And I said, how many of these were failing grades for shopping? They said most of them were not. Now, that was of concern. And I think and I believe that the Costco executives will look at the shopping service that they use, investigate themselves, maybe do some shops themselves. You know, I think if uh, Jay Maxwell were to take a walk into a car dealership, he's an executive for Costco, auto buying program, 
and go through the process, be his own mystery shopper. I think he would learn a lot. And I would say the same thing for William Martellaro. Go in yourself and shop. Now, it's a nation, national program, and Costco has warehouses all over the USA. South Florida is a Sodom and Gomorrah of car dealerships. South Florida has the worst car dealers in the country. And I dare you to challenge me on that. The record speaks for itself. Look at the, look at the laws we have or don't have on the dealer fee. Come into South Florida and do a couple of Costco shops and find out for yourself. Um, I'm optimistic that we're going to see some changes. Uh, we recommended something that I think would solve all the problems for, for Costco, and we recommended this to these two executives. We said, <clears throat> make it required that the Costco price is shown to the customer before visiting the dealership. Costco said that they tell the dealers to do that, but we said, in our experience, it never happens. The second thing is the Costco price that you give the car dealer, I mean, give the Costco membership uh, person by email or text, should include all dealer fees in addenda, meaning phony Monroney's dealer install options. It should be a true out-the-door price plus government fees only. The Costco member price should be a true out-the-door price plus government fees only. The dealer wants to charge a dealer fee, fine. Include it in the Costco member price. If they want to charge for nitrogen in the tires and, and uh, pinstripe and uh, uh, window tent and all the other low-priced, high, or high-priced, low-value addendum, that's okay. Just include it in the member price so that the member can see what he's paying for the car until he gets into the F&I department, mm. which is too late. Mm -hmm. Okay, <clears throat> here we go. This week we shopped AutoNation Chevy at Pembroke Pines. We set out to inquire about a new 2018 Chevrolet Trax, T-R-A-X, L-T. That's a small SUV. Agent X was assigned to the mission. You know, I love Agent X more and more every time we send them out. It's tough. These shops are tough. Agent X goes in there and learns things that the average buyer just would never find out. And he's really good at what he does. Here's a report, speaking in the first per person as if I were the shopper. I had a difficult time on the Costco Auto Program website. I tried several times to submit my request of the tracks, the, the uh, Chevrolet SUV we were shopping. But I kept getting an error message, so I called the toll-free number listed on the website and was connected with a woman from the Costco Auto Program named Jasmine. Jasmine was great. She was very helpful, and she informed me that the closest dealer to my fake zip code was AutoNation Chevrolet in Pembroke Pines. <clears throat> I gave her my Costco card number, my email, and my phone number. She said she would handle the inquiry for me and to be expected to be contacted by the dealer. I waited but never received the usual Costco confirmation email. I also did not receive the usual flood of emails, calls, and texts from the dealer. I figured something went wrong, so I called the dealership. 
I explained to the person who answered that I was a Costco member and was supposed to have had an inquiry made on my behalf by the auto program. I was put on hold for a few minutes before I was connected to Dennis. Now, remember this name, because you're going to hear a lot of names. I told my story to Dennis, and he said that he was the right person to help me. I told him I'd like to get the email that explained what I got as a Costco member, the one that also lists the authorized representatives. Dennis asked for my email address and said he sent, he sent everything to me within 15 minutes. He pivoted to setting an appointment. I agreed to meet him at 3.30 in the afternoon. I waited for the email Dennis promised to send. Instead of the official Costco email, I received an email from Dennis confirming my appointment for, for 3.30. We have a copy of that, by the way. I called the dealership and asked to speak with Dennis, a man who said his name was Cheyenne. Now, write this down. Cheyenne, Cheyenne. That's <laughs> you said you weren't going to sing. I know. I can't help it. Old TV show. Anybody remember Cheyenne? No, I'm too young. Oh, yeah. 50. Where will you be? <laughs> That's right. Good. He's, uh, so anyway, he said Dennis was busy. I explained everything to Cheyenne, and he said he'd look into it and make sure I got what I needed. He asked me to confirm my email address, and I carefully spelled it out for him. I waited again, but no email came. I shrank my junk folders, nothing. I decided to head down to Pembroke Pines. I would be a little early, but I figured real customers don't always show up at the right time either. I arrived about an hour before I had arranged to meet with uh, Dennis and Cheyenne. I asked the receptionist for Dennis, and she called him. Dennis greeted me. We said our hellos, and then I asked him why I never got the official Costco information. Dennis said that the manager in charge of Costco sales had to leave the dealership that day for a family issue. You know, <clears throat> If you've listened to our other shopping reports, it was always a battle to get the Costco representatives. Sometimes we did, usually we didn't. The only Costco representative, and by the way, it's unusual to only have one, mm -hmm. so there should have been several, but this one had a family issue. I asked him if he was authorized to handle the Costco member. He said he was not, hmm. no, I was honest. He implied he was on the phone just a few hours earlier. Hmm. Strange. Dennis suggested he speak with a manager in charge, Cheyenne. Dennis spoke to Cheyenne, who in turn spoke to Miguel. I'm already confused. Mm -hmm. Dennis, Cheyenne, Miguel. Don't have a song for Miguel. You got Jasmine in there too, but she's not. Jasmine. Working. Okay, yeah. Uh, anyway, Miguel was supposed to be the Costco guy, finally. Since I had no official Costco auto program confirmation, I couldn't be sure if Miguel really was a guy, but I went with it. I also began to suspect maybe Jasmine the woman from Costco I first spoke with may have dropped the ball. I think maybe she just never notified the dealership. What's well, possible. Yeah. Or maybe she did. And they ignored it. Yeah. Miguel asked to see my Costco card. That's the first time that's yep. happened. They're supposed to do that. So, and we go with our theme that we mentioned last week. The only consistent thing about our Costco shopping reports is there is no consistency. Because everything is different every time we go in. Miguel brought a white 2018 Chevy Trax, T-R-E-X, L-T, around. The MSRP was $25,695. I did not see an addendum sticker on it. That's refreshing. No phony Monroney. Which is unusual because the last AutoNation store we did did have an yeah. addendum sticker. 
After the test drive, we returned to the dealership. I followed Miguel to an office. He asked me to sit while he went to, to get the, uh, the numbers. I waited for 10 minutes, and then Miguel returned with a Costco member only price sheet. That was refreshing. Now we finally have the first proof that Costco exists in this dealership. Okay. The Costco member only price sheet showed a price of $22,972, $2,722 off the $25,695 MSRP. Then they took off another $4,750 manufactured rebate, which is important because that's supposed to be taken yep. off. Manufactured rebates, Costco requires that. In the last shop, they didn't take it off. They lied about it. They lied about it. Consistently inconsistent. The disclosure indicated the post-rebate price of 18222 would be subject to an additional $799 dock fee. And I think dock fee is becoming far more common. Dealer fee, nobody calls it a dealer fee anymore. It's just become a generic term. We should probably change the generic firm to dock fee. In fact, the uh, Costco executive was referring to them as dock fees, so mm -hmm. they see that. It sounds more official that way. It does, yeah. yeah. There was a, actually a lawsuit in Kansas uh, about the fact that it is illegal to call it a dock fee because it's, uh, imposed, it implies a notary public, yeah. and that's a deception. I thought it was a fee you paid it when you got a checkup from your doctor. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, as a <laughs> secret agent X What's up, Doc? took some pictures. <laughs> I asked to see the other price sheet, the one that shows all the models with discounts in relation to the invoice price. I told Miguel that Costco Auto Program said I should see it as well as the actual invoice. Miguel said they do not do that. We don't do windows. We don't do that. I mean, if you're a certified member of the Costco Auto Buying Program, you are bound by contract to do what the auto buying yeah. program tells you to do. But in and reality, it's like a box of chocolates. It is. You, you never get, know what you're going you to never get. Know. And every <laughs> so sad. So sad. Uh, at any rate, on, uh, Miguel said they did not do that, and the Costco discount <laughs> on this model was $2,200 per invoice. So you got to take Miguel's word for it. I repeated that Costco advises its members to ask for those items. Miguel said that no one had ever asked me for these before. <laughs> Probably true. <laughs> well, you know, it is true. And uh, this is what I hope the Costco executives understand. We understand car buyers because not only are we consumer advocates and Earl Stone and Cars, we are car sellers. We are a dealership. We know what customers do. And, uh, and this goes to Costco members, too. I'm a Costco member. I think we're all Costco members here in the studio. And if I'm a Costco Remember, and I go into a Costco warehouse, and I see a big sign on the wall that says, investigate the Costco auto member buying program to get a really good price. I would call my dealership and say, I'm a Costco member. Do I get a really good price? And we know what that customer, that dealer is going to say. We know what that salesman is going to say. Yes. Right. He's not going to say no. Right. I'm a Costco auto member. I'm a Costco member. Are you going to give me a good price? No. You're not going to say that. Right. So, anyway, I'm digressing here. Uh, I took pictures, meaning uh, Agent X. That is really good. He whips out that smartphone. Bap, bap, bap. He takes pictures of everything. If you Average, see the pictures, 
these are really like sneaky spy pictures. They you are. See, yeah. You he, see the guy's arm. He get they're he blurry. Get, <laughs> he gets he, he gets pictures of everything, and uh, that's the reason why we find out more than people normally find out because of heroes like Agent X. He showed me the invoice price was okay. Uh, okay, twenty five thousand one seventy two. Said twenty two hundred dollars below invoice matched my sale price before rebate of twenty two nine seventy two. I asked him what my out the door price would be. He said that Basam. <laughs> we'll take care. You, you of missed that a little from, section there. I didn't. Okay. We went from Miguel. He had to go see a manager, and Mark. we had to get Mark involved. Oh yeah, now. did you skip Mark? Yeah, that's, that's yeah. A good part. Oh, we got Mark. I'm, I'm totally confused now. We I jumped from from Mark to Bassam. Yeah, because yeah, so yeah, Dennis, Cheyenne, yeah, Miguel, yeah. Mark, now Bassam. Bassam. Wow. Okay, Bassam. You sure we got that spelled right? Yeah. Bassam. Okay. I think we no, got the whole dealership involved there. Bassam is the business manager. I complained to Mark. I said this was ridiculous. I'm paying cash. What do I need to talk to a business manager for? What was the problem with giving me a buyer's order now? Mark excused himself and returned to price my 10 minutes later with Bassam himself. <laughs> they both sat down in front of me. Mark said he just received a call from another AutoNation store that was working a deal on my <laughs> tracks, TRX. Uh, this is science fiction. You're, you're making Surprise. this all up. Yeah. Wait, we got to listen to this. Yeah. You oh, got a call. <laughs> he, he said it would sell tonight, so we better wrap it up yeah. and finalize our deal now. I asked incredulously, if he was serious, Look he said it. he needed my answer now so he could call his countercard back at the other automation store. I said, I wasn't going to do it now. The heat is on. Mark said that he may have some extra coupons available. This is really science fiction. That would allow Bassam to take an additional $500 off the deal, making it even better than the Costco price if I did it now. Now, Right. If, if, if he waits five minutes, that coupon's going away. <laughs> exactly. Now, bear in mind that the Costco rules are that the price has to be lower than any price you sell a car to anybody. So they've already violated that because the Costco price, they're already going to beat the Costco price, and the Costco price has got to be the one that beats all the prices. I'm confusing myself. Mm. I said, no, this wasn't happening until I had gone over the figures at home with my wife. Mark told Bassam to print me a buyer's order. They both got up. I asked Mark to see the other Costco price sheet. Mark said he didn't know anything about that and left. Flat. I mean, how confrontational do you have to get? I mean, short of physically attacking the salesperson and saying, I'm going to beat it out of you. They insist on getting the, the invoice, which the Costco program tells the member to be sure you get the invoice. And they wouldn't give it to him. He shouldn't have to resort to violence. Shouldn't have to. <laughs> Maybe our next shop would go to violence. I'll ask Agent X. Agent X, do you think he's up to it? Well, we have to put him through additional training first. I don't know if he can handle it. Have, have him walk in there wearing full camo. Like body armor? Like a, uh, yeah. Just just camo outfit, the web belt, a canteen, yeah. and, and honestly, if he, I don't think he could pull that off. Uh. <laughs> no, it wouldn't be believable. Bassam <laughs> came back a few minutes later and wouldn't gave me a printed profile. buyer's order. Now, this fact that he got a printed buyer's order, good. Uh, kudos to Agent X. The numbers almost matched the Costco member-only price sheet. There was one difference. Here we go. The additions of an undisclosed 
$149 tag agency fee slash electronic registration. Now, we talked to the Costco executives in our Wednesday meeting about this, and we told them that nobody in South Florida has one dealer fee anymore, or one dock fee, or whatever you want to call it, multiple. And usually you don't find out about the other ones until you go into the finance office, and this is where Bassam was going to take him because he's a finance manager, and suddenly we got the extra dealer fee. This was only $149. Sometimes they're $399, $499, whatever they want to charge. In Florida, there is no rule on how much you charge for dealer fee. Right, but you had a dock fee of $799 and now $149. Yeah. So that's $950 worth of fees right yeah. there. And the hidden fee could have been $10,000. Yeah. And we've, and we've yeah. seen it, not 10 but we've seen it up there. Yeah, we educated the Costco. Yeah. They had no idea about this yeah. other fee. So that's what's going on. Now, we, I will say this about the, uh, the Costco executives, both William and uh, who was the other guy? William and Jay. Jay. Yeah, William and Jay. Uh, they were both very positive about this, and I believe they were being sincere. Yeah. And when they will go back. I think they were a little embarrassed, and I know they were embarrassed after they read our reports. They were embarrassed after hearing this report, and they'll get a copy of this too. And I think there are going to be some changes. So to sum up everything, uh, AutoNation, Chevy, Pembroke Pines, may have given Agent X the real Costco price, but we can't be sure because they refused to show him the other price sheet. We confirmed with Costco Auto Program executives this week that their dealers are supposed to show both the personalized price sheet and the other one that shows the models and discounts. The discount of $2,200 below invoice before rebates is a very low price, even after adding $948 in bogus fees. It would be right in line with a typical Costco price, but we can't know for sure. No reason why we should know for sure, because they're just not playing by the rules. But Agent X was shuffled around from person to person and subjected to some of the oldest style sales tactics we've ever run into. Now, this is Pembroke Pines. Further south you go, the rougher the sales tactics go. And then when you get past Homestead, it eases up and gets yeah. nice and mellow. <coughs> Palm Beach <laughs> County, this uh, radio station Jesus is nice. originating in Palm Beach County. Broward, it's getting rougher. And then you go down to uh, Dade, it gets even rougher. South Florida is just, as I said, the Sodom Gaborah of car dealerships. The wild, wild west. Wild, wild west. Uh, we checked True Car to see what a good price on the 2018 uh, Chevrolet Trax LT would be. The average true car price was several hundred dollars higher. Now that is a real plus for the Costco auto buying program. True car typically excludes the uh, dealer installed options and the dealer fees. True car requires that. Now, I'm not saying that the car dealers abide by it. Sometimes they play games. All car dealers play games. The Costco uh, certified and the True Car. You have to watch the car dealer you're dealing with, even though they're certified. And these shopping reports prove that. But in this case here, we think the Costco price was actually a good price. But why did they have to go through all this? And why wouldn't they abide by the rules? I don't know. Uh, this is going to be a tough one to score. But we have to score this for the benefit 
the recommended list versus the do not buy list. And uh, this is uh, Pembroke Pines Chevy. You know, I think I'll, I'll just go ahead and go first. Okay. Uh, last week's mystery shopping report, uh, it, you know, it said volumes about this uh, program that's supposed to be so transparent. And it, uh, for me, uh, this week, it just doesn't represent a, a Costco buying experience. Um, I mean, between this busload of people that had to be dealt with uh, on more than one level, we're talking uh, Miguel, we're talking Jasmine, we're talking Mark, we're talking Bassam, we're uh, blah, blah, blah. It just doesn't re represent the culture that I'm accustomed to dealing with with Costco. Therefore, I failed them. Let me, uh, before we get a score from Rick, let me read this uh, that just came up on the screen here from uh, Cable Newhouse, uh, who is uh, watching us uh, stream here. And I'll just read his uh, posting. Concerning auto dealers in Martin County, I can speak for only one, Audi uh, and Stewart. I bought a car there using TrueCar and have had an excellent all-around experience thus far. I think that the dealer has a pretty good reputation overall, at least based on what I read. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Cable, uh, for that post. And uh, we do like to be positive. We do like to shout out for good dealers. We seem to pick on the, the bad dealers a lot. Unfortunately, there are more bad dealers than good. So, uh, Audi of Stewart, um, a good plus for you honoring the True Car program, which, as I said earlier, excludes dealer fees, or it doesn't exclude them. It includes the dealer fee and the dealer installed options in the True Car price. So, the True Car price is a price you get to compare with other dealers for the best price. And if it is the best price, you can buy without surprises. So shout out a plus for Audi of Stewart. Thank you very much for that posting. Rick, let's score a Pembroke Pines Chevrolet. Well, I'm going to go with a D minus only because I like the fact that they did bring out a Costco member price sheet. And I think Agent X has seen enough of those that he would know to recognize a real one. He would know. He knows what they look like. Yes. Now, if if I was to be in there, I've never seen one before in my life, except a couple pictures that we've had online. I wouldn't know for sure if it was real or not. I think he would recognize a real one. I think he probably saw a real Costco price sheet. So, for that matter, I'm not going to call him as a total F. I'm going to say give him a D minus. But it's so close to fail that they just they they just goofed everything else up. Uh, I'm going to score Pembroke Pines Chevrolet Auto Nation Store. I'm going to score them with a C minus. And the reason I give them a little higher score has to do with the fact that it is so difficult to get a recommended list anywhere in South Florida that, in spite of their sins, we're not going to have anybody uh, south of Palm Beach County that we can recommend unless we. Uh, great on the curve. So reluctantly, uh, I don't like the hidden dealer fee. I don't like the uh, not abiding by the Costco auto buying program. But they did They did have a good price. And mm. albeit with the fact that Agent X is one tough cookie, and he almost had to beat it out of him. You know, that's, what I, that's why yeah. I graded the mystery shopping report like I did. I, I mean, to have to go through all of this is just totally I ridiculous. I Transparency. I understand. Where is it? Stu? I'll agree with you on the C- minus for the dealership. 
but the Mark, the sales manager, I'm gonna fail. Mm-hmm. That just was that was, he went he went medieval on on Agent X, <laughs> and that's yeah. that, I don't think that that has no Old place. School. Yeah, that has Old no school. place today. Old school. Yeah. Well, I we're gonna uh, we're gonna go with uh, uh, the recommended list of C minus, and we will be back because it was a close we- call, and I agree with Nancy. I agree with Rick. Uh, there was some pretty rough stuff there. Uh, I think we need to change the curve parameters for Broward County. Uh, mm. And we think we think that, you know, actually, uh, the clearly the further south you go, the worse it gets. In North, North Florida, and even on the west coast in Tampa, up in Jacksonville area, uh, Orlando, it's not nearly as rough as it is in South Florida. So well, we, who knows? Maybe they'll hear a little bit about what we just did. And they'll change their ways, and that curve will change. But it'll yeah. be because they straightened out a little bit. Exactly. Let's take um, let's take one more text, and uh, it has to do with uh, a car being in the accident, in an accident. My car was in an accident, but I recently used the Carfax app on my. Um, used the, it's really small print. The Carfax app on my car, the accident isn't showing. Are they? accurate reports let me answer that they're accurate only if the insurance company was the one that repaired it if you have something that fell within your deductible insurance didn't pay if you had something that you were self-insured on and you had to pay for the repair it will not necessarily appear on the carfax report uh the dealership if uh dealerships can put anything they want in the carfax report i assume we put mechanical repairs you can also put uh body repairs on the carfax report how long does it take for, say, if my car was in an accident in May and I got it back the end of the month of May and now at the beginning of July, w- would it already be in Carfax or is there a little bit of time that it takes before they get that information and get it into their database? Well, there's always time. Yeah, I, yeah. It's a question of how fast it gets with the database. I would say CarMax is probably pretty quick and they probably are wired into the insurance computers so i would believe as soon as it went into the insurance it would almost instantaneously go into carmax reports carfax but I, uh, carfax but i don't know the uh, i don't know if that to be true okay we can ask carfax that question yeah okay okay that was a great text and uh well, the mystery shopping report that uh, we just went over, in case you uh, missed it, it was from uh, the uh, Auto Nation Chevy Pembroke Pines John uh, the Neal Costco auto program. John Neal has posted something that is important, and he asked about the mystery shopping reports. He says, I have a question. Do you have an archive of past mystery shopping reports? I'd love to listen as I find that both entertaining and educational. That's on our to-do list, right, Stu? That's on we the want to do this. We should have done it. We have that information, John. It's not hard to do. It's hard. <laughs> it's not hard to do. Well, it is. I mean, it's time-consuming. Time-consuming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we need to do that. Uh, we will, John. And thanks for goading us on this. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope that you enjoyed our show. We certainly did. We enjoyed hearing from you. And I want to remind you uh, that you are here listening to the Oldies, True Oldies channel. And uh, you tuned in to Earl Stewart on Cars. You could do the same thing next week. And thanks for watching for live on Facebook. We had a lot of viewers today. Yeah, we did. Thank you very much. And I apologize to all the texts I didn't get to because we had so many. But we will try to catch up next week. Absolutely. Have a great weekend, everyone.